0: Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 521 on Tuesday, the 18th of April, 2023. Hello, I'm Alan, and there's no Andrew here today. Uh, he's he's still sick as a parrot like we both were last week. And actually, that means that I have completely forgotten uh, to write any menu items. Uh, so uh, yeah, we're going to skip that bit rather than pause or write them and come back again. Uh, and we're going to head straight into some follow-up. Um, if there's one thing the UK government is great at at the minute, it is populist politics and uh, and making a big a big hurrah and find, trying to find some quick wins. And one of the ones that they're on about right at the minute, uh, or one thing they've done recently, is to scrap all new smart motorways. And, and that's pretty much the wording on the gov.uk release uh, about this. So uh, smart motorways, of course, are where there is... Uh, variable um, variable speed limits the ability to um, all lane running for example uh, to uh, at peak times so that uh, so that they can fit as many cars as much traffic uh, flowing as smoothly as possible. Uh, through those areas at, at peak periods. Uh, it's been decided that, that we're not going to do that anymore because it is it is it is dangerous, uh, which is curious, uh, for a number of reasons, like people could break down and get trapped and all this kind of thing, which, which makes me wonder how people manage on dual carriageways in the rest of the country with a 70-mile-an-hour speed limit, uh, and that it's not really down to drivers not necessarily paying attention when they're on the roads. Uh, there have been other studies, uh, I don't have them to hand, but there have been other studies that show that Actually, those areas of smart motorways, the accident rate is much lower given the volume of traffic going through them. Um, so this is a strange one, but it's 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 a it's a way of, of of saving money as much as anything else. Uh, many sort of. Uh, the government release has many quotes from the prime minister and from the transport secretary, and both of them just make them sound like they're completely out of touch with with actually, you know, driving cars, uh, which is quite possible in terms of both the prime minister uh, and the transport secretary. Um, yes, we'll probably follow up again on this. I'm sure there'll be there'll be there'll be follow on when Andrew's here, um, and uh, and we'll go into that in more detail. As always, links to all the stories if you want to read a bit more than the quick summary I'm going to give today. Uh, will be in the show notes. Anyway, we'll move on from that into some new news, and of course, last week, would you believe it, we missed the new car registration figures. The one week we didn't, we didn't, uh, we didn't manage to cover the news, and it was an SMMT figures week. Uh, so let's uh, cover that one very quickly. You probably all know all the headlines, uh, but in March, new car registrations rose sixteen point two percent, which is uh, pardon me, 18.2%. I can't read this morning. Uh, and that was important because March is, is generally uh, one of the the, the, the larger months for, for registration, so it being a new plate month. And large fleets um, have been updating their, their vehicles at last. You know, supply um, and uh, delivery time and all that kind of stuff has really hit uh, the large fleet uh, folk for the last couple of years. So um, so they've finally been able to actually update Battery electric vehicles, uh, massive uptake year on year. It's up 18.6%. Uh, 46,626 were registered in March 2023, and that gives them a market share of uh, 16.2%. Uh, to give you an idea, uh, at the other end of the scale, diesel, 3.8%. Uh, let's do the top 10s, the best registered. Uh, number 10 Ford Fiesta 4792 uh, so the numbers this one significantly higher the numbers for March significantly higher than they were for February uh, number 9 Toyota Yaris Cross 5214 number 8 the Mini 7 the Vauxhall Corsa uh sixth the Ford Puma fifth the Hyundai Tucson 5680 uh fourth its platform buddy the Kia Sportage uh, just uh, two hundred and eight uh, registrations ahead of it. Uh, number three, the Nissan Qashqai, uh, six thousand seven hundred and fifty-five. A big jump between fourth and third there. Uh, number two, the Nissan Duke, seven thousand five hundred and thirty-two. And number one, the Tesla Model Y, uh, eight thousand one hundred and twenty-three. Uh, yeah, that uh, even year to date, that sort of jumbled stuff up 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 a bit, and then it goes Qashqai Duke Corsa. Uh, and Model Y at the top. I think there's. I think one of the things to to note here is that is the people saying, "Oh, look, this, it's all SUVs. It's all SUVs. It's all SUVs." And it is. They're right. It is. Uh, but that's what people who buy cars want to buy. Not what uh, and people who buy cars new or register them for fleets new. Um, that's what they buy, uh, which is different from what us uh, us us uh, us enthusiasts. Uh, tend to choose. Uh, I've got the uh, Andrew very kindly from his deathbed uh, did me the uh, spreadsheet of doom and there's not a lot of doom really. Um, Bath is down 70%. I think they're obviously waiting for the new uh, electric uh, 500E base models to come through. Fiat uh, down 17%. Jaguar down 16%. Uh, Lexus down 27%. Uh, Renault down 29%. And Tesla Despite the success of the Model Y, down uh, 19% uh, compared to last year. Everyone else is up. And within the thresholds, I'm not going to go through all of them because there are like 20 or 30 colored in green here. Uh, Let's pick out a couple of key ones. Interesting to see Jeep up 44%, 462. Land Rover up 64%. Subaru up 130, so from 193 cars up to 445. Uh, So that's quite an impressive impressive leap. Uh, Mini is up 46%, Nissan up 66%. uh, As you noticed, a particularly good month for Nissan. Um, The MG Award, who themselves are up 31%, uh, goes to Cupra up 190%, uh, almost 3,000 vehicles registered. Uh, in in uh, in march 2023 so yes um that's that's quite hopeful looking I, I still think that there's a certain amount of alignment uh going on here i mean that was 2000 uh 287,825 vehicles registered in total uh in 2019 the number was up at about um 450,000 maybe a little bit higher um, and that's down from a peak of uh, about 550,000 in 2017. So we're, we're definitely not back at pre-pandemic levels, um, um, but, you know, better than it has been for the last, certainly much better than it has been for the last three years. Let's move on the third story today um and I think this is this is the this is the 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 only second one which would have um Andrew having a conniption fit um and quite frankly did I have a conniption fit no I didn't I went oh really what a surprise uh, story linked is in the Guardian, but the story was absolutely everywhere, and it's that Tesla workers shared intimate car camera images. Uh, Ex employees allege uh, with massive invasions of privacy. Uh, people being able to uh, people being able to to see and share. Videos that were recorded and uploaded by by various Teslas over the years, um, being able to see people, you know, and and, and sharing around clips uh, around the office of of people, um, you know, people with their uh, people people doing uh, how do I word this in a in a way that's not going to get a, a thing? Uh, basically, people people doing what people do in cars uh, when it isn't just driving. Uh, as well as some of the things they were carrying in their cars and some of the places they went and all these kind of things. Um I mean oh, gee gee whiz. I mean I I I challenges where the data's held uh, and if it was all in the US or if it was elsewhere but, but this is a this is a this is a worrying thing. Um and yeah it's it just oh, oh wow. I mean my work, my my day job related head is sort of exploding at the the number of of, of sort of regulatory breaches going on in this. Um, if you're going to take this kind of information, you have to have the right the right processes, the right screening, the right uh, separations to make sure that this kind of thing uh, to make sure that the data remains private. Um, you can't have. You, you can't have videos, be, even the ability to share the videos around the place and stuff like that just should not be happening. Uh, I hope that a regulator is going to investigate. Um, it may be, if stuff's in California, I mean, we don't know where these videos are from. So if they're all from in the US, then there's a different set of rules than from if they're in Europe, in which case, whoo, um, uh, which is different nowadays from being in the UK, which is different from being elsewhere uh California has rules very similar to GDPR so um yeah i imagine that there'll be lawyers in California uh, sharpening up their uh, sharpening up their their legal legal pencils uh, and and getting to work on this one so i'm sure this is this is going to roll on and on um the the the, the test of video one i mean it's it's possibly one just as well andrews not here for that one uh the third story uh, which would send him into the stratosphere is uh, is the news that Ford's Blue Cruise uh, self-driving technology uh, has been uh, approved for British motorways? So, Blue Cruise is level two. If we're following the SAE levels of automation, so it is hands off. You're meant to be paying attention, but it is hands off. Now, what does that mean? You can do uh, it means you can play on your phone. Uh, according to uh, I mean, Matt Farah said this. this. This system has been out in the US for quite a long time, uh, a couple of years anyway. Um, Matt Farah of The Smoking Tire, he ha- had, has, has, I think, still has a uh, Mustang uh, 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 uh with the Blue Cruise. And he says the only real reason you'd want to use Blue Cruise is, or there's any advantage to using Blue Cruise, is so that you can play with your phone. That basically is it. Uh, and even then, you, you it, it's not an eyes off system so you shouldn't even be doing that Um, it just enables you to rest your hands on your knees as much as anything else Uh, it is uh, GPS limited um, uh, geofenced that's the word I'm looking for it is geofenced about two and a half thousand miles of uh, uh, pardon me two thousand three hundred miles of English Scottish and Welsh uh, and Welsh motorways but uh, but yeah that's that's car that's going to be allowed it's a 50 pound from memory it's a 50 pound a month subscription um uh on on top of the price of the car uh yeah i don't know how i feel about that i've, I've heard good things about blue cruise uh, generally it is a well-behaved system it works in the way that you would expect it to work within those areas but really what does it give you um, as I say, it gives you legally the ability to rest your hands on your knees, but still be paying attention to the still be paying attention to the road. Um, you shouldn't be being distracted by mobile devices, anything like that. But we will we'll see because there will be abuses. Um, uh, hopefully not. Hopefully not. Uh, and it all runs just fine. Um, yes, the worry is always the the the, the transition time, of course. Um, oh, something's about to go wrong. What do I do? Do I you know? Can I touch the Doing well, whatever. Um, that's that's the bit that's that's always always tricky in there. But we know about that. We've talked about that many many times over the years. Uh, less contentious news for a little while now. Um, Caterham, Caterham is going to relocate, and the really good news about this, well, there's two bits of good news. So the idea is it's relocating in order to increase its manufacturing capacity by up to about fifty percent. Um, they're going to be uh, consolidating uh, all their different branches. So uh, engineering, motorsport and all the commercial side will all be in the one place, which, by the way, is a fantastically powerful thing for an organization um, to be able to do. Uh, but then, And they're not moving far. So they're still going to be in Dartford. Um, the new 54,000 square foot facility will be, a, be in a new industrial estate. Uh, industrial park development called Dartford X, um, and it's actually being developed by Caterham's owners, who are a company called uh, a Japanese company called VT Holdings. Uh, they own a number of uh, a number of dealer groups as well. What's really good about this is, of course, they're not moving very fast, so they can retain all the same workers. Um, so so this is this is this is a a good thing all around hopefully hire more as well um but it's not like one of these times where kit car companies decide they're going to move from Leicestershire to to um Leicestershire to South Africa or somewhere um no this is this is basically a just down the road but into brand new purpose built facilities so that should be good um by the way, they've been in Kennet Road in Dartford since nineteen eighty seven um uh, before that, they were they were in Caterham in Surrey um, from when they were founded in 1973. So they've not exactly they've not moved particularly far, uh, and in this case, are really not moving far at all. Uh, another another one. Okay, so this one may be slightly contentious. There's a um, article in the Register, and there's a couple of uh, yeah. There's an article in the Register. Uh, and we'll link to Ken's blog as well. Um, and it's all about um, uh, can injection. So you know about, uh, you know how vehicles um, communicate, different parts of vehicles communicate using an internal network called CAN bus. Uh, and it's what, it, it, it yeah, it, it saves us having, our cars mostly being full of wires and cables these days. Uh, there's a couple of, one of the challenges of that is that sometimes the network goes very close to the edge of the vehicle, uh, and by removing a couple of bits which are relatively easy to remove, relatively, the, um, it's possible for bad people and naughty people to plug into that network uh, and uh, and then sort of pretend to be a module or other that's on the network, um, meaning that, that, that you can bypass systems, start cars, steal cars, um happened to another friend of the show in table uh and really um ken tyndall uh and he's been on and, and investigated how that happens uh on toyotas in the case of ian's uh ian's Rav four then people broke in essentially by removing the headlamp or or, or by unplugging the headlamp um, and managed to, to break in and and get it that way so there's quite a lot to come out about this. Toyota know about it. it they, you know they've they've been through all the appropriate channels uh, before releasing this one. So there's articles in the Register. There's a longer article uh, with some more background on Ken's blog, uh, and we'll link to both of those in, as always, the show notes. Uh, that uh, there's other stories that have come up. We're going to cover those next week. Um, when Andrew's here as well, because because even the interesting stories are a little bit drier when there's just one of us, uh, one of us covering them. Uh, so that means uh, that we've reached a guilt minute, the quick break in the show where we ask for a tad of financial support to keep the lights on and the hosting running. Uh, if you feel that motoring podcasts are worth a small consideration every month, then you can become a patron. Different levels of patron include different levels of commitment from us to you, including being able to watch the show recorded live. We also have a small range of merchandise in our spring store from stickers to mugs and t-shirts. If you don't have any spare cash and we completely understand, then you can help us by following for free from a podcast player to receive every show as they're released and by liking and rating the show in whatever way your podcast supplier lets you. If you've done all that and some of you do so, thank you very much. Then the last thing you can do is to recommend us to your friends or colleagues. Uh, we're also we're gonna skip over new new car news because there is some interesting stuff there. Uh, but I want to discuss it with Andrew. So stuff like the MG Cyberster, we'll discuss we'll discuss next week. Uh, but let's have a little bit of a look at uh, saying is this week's uh lunchtime read, and uh, it's actually it's more of a lunchtime look, uh, really, uh, and it's from Design News. And it's the virtual tour of the Lamborghini Museum. Um, you know, Santa Agata is, is is hard to get to for some of us. So this takes us around some of the vehicles that are the Lamborghini Museum. And it's a quite a long, decent slideshow showing some of the highlights. Uh, so that'll keep you occupied for, for four or five minutes uh, whenever you're... Um Whenever you're bored and, and, and having, having your, your pasty and your can of Coke at lunchtime or whatever. List of the week is a monster. It actually makes up for the lunchtime look being a little bit on the short side. Uh, list of the week is from Autocar. It's the forgotten cars of the 1980s. It does have something of an American flavor to it. Um, no you in that. Uh, so, so yes. Yeah. So, uh, uh, apologies. <laughs> apologies on Autocar's behalf lots of stuff in here some of it is well to me it's not that obscure but i'm me uh and other stuff is it is, is quite obscure i mean there's 41 items so I, I i feel okay to sort of mention that that i don't find the suzuki sj410 particularly forgotten because because we had one uh d145 esl it's well off the road by now um but we actually had one another car that's on the list that we we touched on which i think is probably more forgotten than the sj410 um is the chevrolet beretta uh, the article here covers the beretta gtu which is the 2.8 liter v6 version putting out a whopping 130 brake horsepower and capable of reaching 60 miles an hour in 9.2 seconds which sounds incredibly slow these days um and it was the performance version. The version that, we, that, that, that I remember was, was the uh, Alamo rental car version uh, in Florida in about 1988. And, and trust me, it, it had nowhere near that sort of eye-watering power. Um, the thing I remember most about it was that the, the seatbelt buckles got so incredibly hot, you couldn't actually touch them for the first five or ten minutes of any journey. You had to sit there and wave them around so that, uh, so that everything would, would cool off. Um, But, yeah, I think it's quite a cool-looking car, to be honest. Got hidden door handles and the doors and everything. Um, So, yes, but, you know, obviously, late 80s General Motors, North America product. So, um, yes, probably a bit rubbishy, really. There's there's lots of other cool stuff in there. I'll let you uh, click through them uh, uh, and see. They're not all from the 1980s. There was one. There's one there. Oh, that one's 1984, okay. They're not all from the 1980s. There were a couple that were from the late 1970s, I noticed. But uh, but hey, they went to the bother of writing the list. I should do more than just sit here and critique it. Uh, and that brings us hopping and skipping to the and finally this week. Uh, and what's happening and finally this week is that Major Gav, Gavin Big surname, uh, has uncovered a top news story uh, in that a man buys a Hot Wheels toy but fails to post a photo on social media. Uh, if you go to Petra, he's posted on Petra blog. It is a. It is. I'm a little bit worried that his name is is Alan. I'm a, I'm a little bit upset by that. Uh, I was point was pointed out that that wasn't the friend's real identity. So I feel a little bit. Uh, I feel like I've been let off the hook uh, with, with that one. Uh, thankfully. So yeah, do have a look as ever. All the stuff on um, on petrol blog is is great, uh, and gav has been doing some videos about uh, trying to restore, refurbish, rebuild his uh, Citroen AX GT in his own inimitable style, uh, which I find just just great to be able to just sit there and watch and absorb and chill out too. Um, so so yes, so that rounds up it's a short one this week. Um, I'm sorry, we'll. we'll make up for it over the next couple of weeks and and uh apologies again for last week's minimal announcement it was sort of one of those will we make it will we make it will we make it will, we make, it? will we make it no there's no way we're just going to croak through this um and it would just have been thorough misery for everyone so thank you for that i mean the number of times we've had to do that in the past six seven years is practically negligible um so tiny 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 micro percentage um but yes, uh, thank you. apologies for skipping a week um, and, and, the, and and the confusion it caused some of you. Uh, it, you know do not adjust your podcast your, your, your podcast subscriptions it was uh, it, it was us at our end uh, skipping one. However, don't forget that between now and next week you can give us any feedback. Share your thoughts on the show at motoring podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Remember, you can support us financially via Patreon, and please leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Uh, obviously, the best way to get in touch with both of us. To get in touch with me, it's best to use uh, Twitter, uh, sometimes Mastodon, uh, but on both cases I'm at AJPBradley, that's B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. Uh, to get in touch with Andrew, search for Crack Windscreen on Twitter or, or on Mastodon, he uses the same username on both, a bit like myself. We'll be back very soon, Uh, but until then, I've been Alan Bradley, he's been Andrew Close, and safe motoring.